0: In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and
1: different is now part of mainstream culture.
2: The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology.
0: Comic books are no longer stories just for kids, they've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists, they've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment.
1: Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom.
2: Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giants. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. the
0: The Galaxy Cast.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me three people in the studio tonight. I have with me Eric the Artist, Shazam. I have with me Gary the Stud.
2: Oh, golly!
1: And I am Bob Crispin, your host, who has gone completely insane. So we have two. Count them: two, one, two. Things to talk with you about tonight. That's it. This is gonna be the shortest show notes ever that I've written in my life. So let's get right to it. <laughs> So the first thing we're going to talk about is the release of the final trailer of Alita Battle Angel, which appears to be a, an anime that has basically made a new anime from a manga called, with the same title, uh, yeah. Alita. Uh, Eric, you're going to have to help us out with this <laughs> one, because i got to be honest, I know nothing about Alita
0: itself. Right. Well, um, I don't actually think it's ever been an anime. I think it's gone straight from a manga to a movie adaption. Okay. Because just to get everyone up to speed on anime... And manga and the way it works, comic books in Japan are manga. They are oftentimes serialized, very long. Sometimes they run in collections and magazines, things like that. It's a popular way to, for people to, to read them is they'll be collected into magazines and come out monthly or, or even quicker. They turn them around really fast. And Anime. There's tons of them yeah, too. Right? tons. Yeah. If you've ever been to the, just to give you a tiny, tiny taste, if you go to Barnes & Noble, they now dedicate a good half of their comic book section to right, manga. manga so. And that's just scratching the surface. I mean, they're just hitting the popular titles.
3: Right.
0: Anime is obviously animated. It's basically animated movies, oftentimes taken from manga subject matter and brought over, but sometimes done also as original stories that never were manga. So Alita was an extremely popular manga. I think it came out, and we may have to check me on this but i believe the manga was released back in the 80s i want to say this was back when you know way before there was any kind of major interest in america in this kind of stuff it was it was very very niche niche you know like if anyone's ever seen akira the the anime uh, that came out in like the 80s i think it was mid-80s And this is the times when you had to... It came out in 91. That's when it started. Battle Angel. So, you know, this is an older story that's been around for a long time. It's been kind of one of the classics. And then it was heard that it's going to be done as a major motion picture. It's going to be done produced by none other than James Cameron. Right. And being directed by Robert Rodriguez. So the talent behind it is pretty strong. And the budget is clearly there because if you've watched any of these... Three or four trailers that have been released. You're talking decked out to the nines with top-notch graphics and special oh, yeah. effects, and you know everything looks really good in it. The overall story, I've actually never read the manga, believe it or not. So, oh, yeah. other than me knowing about gen- uh, generics of the story, I can't get too detailed into it. But from what you can take from the trailer, Alita is actually a artificial person that she she has a human brain in her, but it looks like a cyborg body, right? And The movie takes place some 300 years after a major war, I I believe. And from what it looks like, there are kind of poverty cities, a poverty city on the ground. Mm -hmm. And above it is a floating city that kind of dumps its garbage onto the poverty city. And no one ever gets to go up there. No one ever gets to see what's in the floating, what they believe is a utopia, right above their heads. And the whole movie takes place, or at least a large chunk of it, is going to take place from the point of view of that poverty city that's on the ground, where this technology of artificial people is very popular. People upgrade themselves. Uh, there's obviously competitions, which in the later trailers we see kind of a, a game that takes place between the artificials, it's almost like a soccer or a football or something, but they're chasing right. a, a ball, and it's a very violent, you know, destructive derby combined with with uh, soccer, kind of like Rollerball, if you've ever seen that movie from the mm. late seventies, early eighties. So overall, though, from what I've been hearing, the word of mouth is very strong. It's it's kind of flying a bit under the radar because you're not hearing a ton about it. No. Even people like us who are into pop culture, two out of the three sitting at this round table don't really know anything about it <laughs> no. and haven't haven't really heard much about it. Yeah, so it's a hard sell and with recent failures like the big budget ghost in the shell starring Scarlett Johansson which i saw and was acceptable it was passable but it, I, it didn't i watched
1: it too but it didn't like totally excite me in no or they shape they or
0: didn't or. capture that feeling yeah. they seem to keep missing the mark with these adaptions trying to bring this japanese you know pop culture icons really cuz um Ghost in the Shell is actually really huge, too. I've watched yeah. a ton of that anime. Uh, and it's it's a very, very big, very involved story. You know, lots of backstory, all sorts of stuff. My question is, what's going to happen when this is released? Because are we going to have another, another bomb on our hands when people just aren't going to go see it because it's just not capturing the public?
1: Well, can I, I want to ask you a question because <laughs> I've had to end a stigma at my school about... Manga itself. A lot of people hear the word manga and they automatically assume uh, adult comics. Nope, nope. And I've had to like constantly fight that. I don't know where we got it in the American culture that all manga is an adult comic with. And I'm like, that's to me that and correct me if I'm wrong, even in the Japanese and, and Chinese culture. That's a very small percentage of the manga that's out there. Oh yeah, yeah. It's but for some reason, as Americans, we seem to think that's like the majority of what yeah. manga is. Because you know? you
0: and hear you know you hear the the parodies and the the common jokes thrown out there about oh tentacle porn and right yeah, yeah yeah and all these things that these they're kind of become these lynchpins of things people discuss when right. they don't know much about about the subject. Right. There is a lot of Japanese porn out there. There just is there. For a country that's uptight about a lot of their culture, they're, in some they're ways, they're about. a lot freer in terms of creating adult content. Right. But it is meant to be for adults 18+. plus. It's not just you open up any comic book that right. the kids have over there and crazy stuff's happening. It is usually marked as adult. But a lot... I think one of the reasons it's talked about as much as it is is because there is kind of adult content and themes that would never be accepted in American comic books due to the uh, the ratings board. The, 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 right, it, the... the
1: ESRB, yeah, or No, that's video games. Oh, yeah, but there's EIC, one for, the, EIC, the yeah. something
0: of comic. It's basically yeah. the whole rating system that came out back with the with 50s, actually with the 50s horror comics, right. because yeah. they started complaining about the horror comics being the zombie bad, comics and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, and yeah, beheadings in yeah. horror comics. Yep. Like, we can't have this. Yep. So now, what can appear in comic books is is greatly limited. Right. Whereas in Japan, you still may get an adult moment in your average comic book. There right. might be something extremely violent or someone topless or something like that, but it's just accepted over there that that's okay. Right. And they move on from it. So you will see a freedom like that in their books that you don't see in America, but it's not like it's a dedicated, everything's adult, super right, right, right. awful. So if you're talking that, that's manga... That's why I didn't
1: point that yeah. out, because a lot of people make <clears throat> have that a stigma about what a manga is, yeah. is.
0: They actually have panels at anime conventions and stuff about... The adult anime and the adult comics, which it's actually called hentai. Oh, so it's right, a specific okay. term. That's, right. that's the adult stuff. That's the triple X. That's the, you know, the really just all out there. Right. But average manga, when you're talking manga, you're talking stuff that can be on the shelves in Barnes and & Noble. and right. And it's, it's okay, you know. And it's going to have its violent moments. A big one in the past few years has been Attack on Titan. Yeah. was a huge one. And that gets violent. You know, people mm-hmm. get eaten by giants and torn apart and smashed and all that. It's... But... It's just part of, but you know the, my, the stakes
1: of the comic. My counter-argument to that, when people say that, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, have you ever read The Walking Dead or Spawn? Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, or Spawn, or like some of those. I mean, some of the, some of the, even some American modern American comics have gotten fairly violent. Yeah, you know, and, now it's and stuff you wouldn't have
0: seen a ton of in like the 80s.
1: No. But, the, um, but, like, late 90s, late 90s going into 2000s on. on up, it, it's gotten... I would even well, venture to yeah. say that I think DC and, and
0: Marvel have gotten a little more graphic. Marvel had their max graphic. line. Right, yeah. And the max line allowed them to be a bit more right. you know, extreme. And I heard that Marvel Knights, when that was being run by Casada and the stuff, yes. they started pushing the boundaries yep. and the edges a bit. So, yeah, it's out there, definitely, in American comics. You don't hear about it as much. Right. I mean, you get the uproar now, where just recently... There was an issue of Batman where Batman was walking in the Batcave naked and he was in shadow. Oh yeah,
3: but I heard about that, if people yeah. s-
0: like adjusted the con, like they they scan the book in, they adjust the contrast. His physical anatomy was still drawn in the darkness oh, really? and you could find it you could see it there oh, geez. and so of course DC had to you know, we gotta take all the rest off the shelves now that someone figured that out <laughs> we have to remove it from the comics and republish right. all because Batman's junk was hidden in the shadows in a comic so that's there's still a major uptightness oh, yeah. in America about what is and what isn't acceptable absolutely um, but so yeah when you're talking manga itself you're talking just general that's the comic book in Japan okay So that brings
1: me to the trailers now that we've seen. Now, I'm looking at a lot of these trailers going a lot like Avatar. It's hard to tell the difference between the real actors and what looks to be animated acting going on. Um, And i got to admit, the the line has blurred a lot more since Avatar looking at these trailers. I'm even kind of questioning some of the real people, are they real? or have they Well, and I kind of wonder if they've been overlaid with a little bit of, oh, yeah. you know what I mean, graphics just to kind of like try to maybe make the two worlds the same, at least at look and style, you know, almost like Family Guy used to do in the Star Wars where they draw right over the cell. You know what I mean? It almost <laughs> looks like they're doing part of that, yeah. just like with a computer as opposed to like literally drawing over a cell.
0: I have a feeling that this is a lot like it, it, when you see Robert Rodriguez's Sin City, and you see the actual filming of yeah. that. It's literally like a guy and everything else is green screen. And right. it's all added later. I'd be willing to bet that if you saw like a majority the unedited is... you know, before the special effects scenes from this, it's majority green screen with people walking around with parts of them covered up by green screen. Right. And it's all being added later. It's it's a huge amount of digital going on in this.
1: Do you think maybe that's the drawback to these movies, these animes? Because so far, Ghost Nichelle. I mean when you look at the back like the way they did the it was all, almost all green screen. I mean, yeah. even around Scarlett Johansson, she's wearing a partial green screen suit and all this other crazy stuff. I mean, when you look at the making of, you're kind of like, <laughs> like there's nothing there. And then all of a sudden, they, they put everything. I almost wonder, to an extent, if it's too much fakeness. And, like, your brain and your eyes look at that and go, that's fake, that's fake, that's fake. Yeah, you, you, know what you mean? start floating.
0: Right. You start feeling like you're not, there's no, nothing grounding you in reality. Right. It's the problem people had when the prequels came out. I agree. The Star Wars prequels came out, they pushed the boundary for how much would be real and how much wouldn't be. To the point that Jar Jar, I think, was part of that uh, break from yeah. reality, you know. And, and people just had trouble accepting it. I right. mean, you watch them now, and it's like, oh, this is They're the type of stuff we're compared, used to. Yeah. But at the time, they were extremely different. Yeah.
1: I think that was the problem with Lord of the Rings, too. It was the same thing. It was that break of reality. The Hobbit. And The Hobbit, too. The I, Lord yeah. of the
0: Rings, he did a lot of live action. People felt like he went too digital for the Hobbit movies.
1: Well, I, I say that only because when you look at the. Well, The Return of the King specifically had probably yes, more than any other movie before, prior to that point. The amount of orcs, and the amount of oh, yeah. you know, well crazy the, ba- the battle of the battle Tirith. of Pelennor Fields, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was just crazy with with you know, and your brain does sit there and go, well, those Oliphants are obviously not real, you know, the the orcs did not look real, everything started to look fake, and unfortunately, probably over time, it's not going to hold up as far as graphics are concerned. And um, and,
0: and, ooh, and Robert Rodriguez is one of those directors who went in the wrong direction for a while. Look at right. King Kong, right? King Kong went. Everything digital, everything fake, everything right. over the top. And for a while it's taken to to rein him back in. Hopefully he's finding his grounding a bit more. But that's that's just the problem you could have with digital is it could take everything over. However, right. that being said, to tell this story in a future world where everything has to look completely different, there's yeah. no practical way to do it and, and have the funds not, to do
1: it. Yeah, I was going to say, not from a financial <laughs> perspective anyway. No. There's just no way to do it. It's kind of like when people were like, well, Star Wars, I'm like, all right, do you know of a battleship that floats in space? Because I don't know. Right. <laughs> like you almost have to you know, get – some, you know. and, and practical effects back in – seventy seven when Star Wars was worked on and seventy six and before, it was financially okay to do practical effects. Nowadays, there's no way a studio would put that kind of money. It's more expensive to do practical effects nowadays than it would be to just hire a computer studio to do the same thing at half the cost. So, you know, practical effects unfortunately are are getting pushed out by money more than anything else. So what about the concept behind Alita? Do you like do you like the, the well you got to remember that when when it. this
0: story came out in the 80s it was unique uh, right. uh, you know the dy- dystopian a utopia, future uh, yeah, yeah. a utopia floating above right. them cyborg people i mean this was all the stuff that was high science fiction back right. in the 80s and by nowadays you've seen so many stories right. with with cyborg people and enhancements and you know the 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 uh, dystopian societies and all that stuff blade runner and the the look of these things it's it's a harder sell for people to go, oh, that looks original. It's like you've seen a lot of this stuff right. to an extent. What's really going to sell it is going to be the directing, the story, and how well they suck you into the world. Stuff you can't tell from a trailer. And it's that's the problem is, is it going to get people in the seats.
1: Gary, do you think having James Cameron on is is the draw? Like, is that enough of a draw for somebody to be like, I'm going to go see this thing whether I'm in the anime or not? What do you think? I don't think so. Yeah.
2: I just don't, uh, yeah, you can throw a bunch of money at everything, and you has got the digital uh, 3D stuff down pat with Avatar and all that, but yeah, I don't see anything that was 3D in this or nothing. So
0: I don't even know if this is getting a 3D release. I mean, everything used to, and I mean, I'm assuming it probably is.
1: Yeah, but I haven't seen anything. Like,
2: normally you'd see, like,
1: an IMAX, <laughs> yeah. you know, some sort of symbol or something with it, and I guess that's the part that, that, that I, I'm noticing is not with this one. Um, You know, the other thing, too, I was sitting here thinking is is James Cameron's movies. As much as I want to say, James Cameron's an amazing director. And he does incredible stuff, don't get me wrong. But the problem is a lot of his stuff over time, I'm afraid, isn't going to hold up. You know, Titanic at its time was, like, phenomenal. Now you look back on it and it's kind of (laughs) like, you know, like, it's okay.
2: Don't get me wrong. I, I, I think a lot of that is the fact that it's been overplayed. Do you think that's what it is? Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, he's
1: made... Do so you think that's the same problem with Avatar? Because I kind of feel like that one's not holding yeah. up over time. Well, I feel like
0: that one... And I... Th- my personal... Well, storytelling. Was, like was, yeah. Visually, I came out of that movie going, wow. Yeah. That was top-notch visual special effects. The 3D was the best 3D I've ever seen. Right. Um, yeah played with your it he he knew how to hit it made emotional me sick to beats, my stomach, but <laughs> but I went it was dances with wolves yeah it i was waiting for oh this knee they're going to an alien planet they're they're going to interact with aliens and the only way to do it is through mentally getting yourself in another physical form that goes onto this planet's surface right. i was waiting for high concept sci-fi like really cool stuff and i got indians big blue indians right. riding around on six-legged horses and i'm like i want unique environment. I want aliens that are different, like I've never seen before. I want a culture that pulls me like, wow, these people imaginatively imagined a new culture, not right. took, an, um, took an Earth one and just kind of painted it with sci-fi colors. Mm-hmm. And that, that was my big disappointment in the movie is he put so much into making this amazing special effect thing I wanted an original concept, too. I wanted something that blew me away, and it didn't. Are you
1: guys like me? Like, I don't get the <clears throat> people who are like, I love Avatar. Like, I'm, like, so, like, into Avatar. Like, there's a whole park in in Orlando about yeah. Avatar. I don't get it. Like, I don't... I, nothing about that movie made me want me to scream and be like, I gotta go to the, the amusement park like, right now and be an Avatar. I don't get it. I don't understand this this infatuation with James Cameron's avatar world. And yeah. I I there are people I know that are like that but I don't get
0: it. Maybe <clears throat> I'm, I'm Well, what's interesting is I've heard that they put tons and tons of backstory and thought into the biological setup of this world. Right. But I didn't see it on screen other than, oh, you know, people grow their own USB plugs to plug into each other, (laughs) and the uh, the world has bioluminescence, which, you know, we have on beaches here. I didn't see that unbelievable new thought-up ecological system that I was hoping for. Now, apparently, they've put detail and thought into all of it, and it's coming up in more movies. Like, it's supposed to expand on it and supposed to evolve more. I didn't see it, but botanists and geologists and you know all these people apparently put a lot of time into imagining this world fully. Yeah, I saw a jungle with giant blue Indians. I didn't see the detail that right. they apparently I, put I into totally it. Totally get it. So yeah. I'm hoping there's more that I'm that I'm just missing. It's just
1: out a on. shame they have to, to make another movie or two to explain to you. Four.
0: There's four, is four, there more, coming. four more coming. He's got four being released. Four, four of them coming
1: to explain to you what he did. No, you know apparently. I mean?
0: like He's got. They go. They don't all take place on this planet because okay. it's a system. The Avatar planet okay. is in a system, and apparently one of them's an ocean world. So James Cameron's going to go back underwater like he does. Okay. So there's pretend, There's apparently going to be other races and aliens we're going to meet. It's not just the Navi. There's there's more apparently coming, but you got to sell me on it, because right now I'm not there.
1: Yeah, if it's yeah, based on what I've seen, there's nothing to tell yeah. me. I've got to go see that.
0: And, and I can say I've never seen it. You've never seen Avatar?
1: Nope. Never watched Avatar at all?
0: Nope. Have you seen Dance with the Wolves? Yep. You've seen Avatar. Uh, <laughs> no,
1: no, I've seen Dancing
0: with the Wolves. You've seen Avatar. You've seen Avatar. <laughs> You've seen Avatar.
2: <laughs> but I didn't see it. I've seen Dancing with the Wolves.
1: Uh, replace the Indians with blue people. So I, st- watched- I, I, I still watch <laughs> Dances with
2: Wolves. I did not see Avatar. Yeah. So what you're trying to say is you don't want
1: to see Avatar and never, ever have seen it. I
2: had no desire to
0: watch it.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. On a purely
0: technical level, it's very impressive. Yeah. And the 3D, there's a moment, even at the beginning, that I'll never forget, where the guy wakes up in, from his cryogenic sleep, and there's something floating in oh, front yeah, of him. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And yeah. I remember that was the first 3D of the movie, and I was like – right. There's like atmosphere. There's yes. so many levels well, and you to know, the da- depth what, to the levels. What made that work, too,
1: is I don't know if you paid attention to it because I saw it twice in 3D. I was like, <laughs> um, it, there was dust around it. Yeah, too. yeah. So as it was coming out, you could see the dust that, sprinkling the dust through, the, was, through the air. The dust was air. had so level to atmosphere it. atmosphere had level to it. That so. first
0: shot blew me away, and I really paid attention. That and was he, the
1: first time I'd seen somebody think, hey, if it's in 3D. Everything better be in 3D. Yeah. The dust not better just, be in 3D. The Yeah, it can't just, just be like layers. It's got to be more than Because, again, your brain processes all this. and If it's just seeing layers, it's going to go, well, that's fake. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it has to see it. And that was the first time I could honestly say I went, okay, 3D could work. And he was
0: smart because he right. said – <clears throat> you can't do 3D with dark scenes. And that's right. the problem with post-conversion post, con- post conversion on a lot of movies. The directors yeah. aren't thinking in terms of how 3D will look. Right. They're just making it's the just movie. just
1: lighting in general. You yeah. have to
0: have everything clearly lit and in focus right. so you can do your 3D. And he thought that through way in advance. He made sure that everything... There's nothing in that movie, even in the darkest scenes, that isn't well lit. Right. <clears throat> he thought that through on purpose so that the 3D would look as good as it
1: did. The only thing he didn't think through was in the 3D, and, I, and I'm not the only person that's ever pointed this out... Is the motion capture side of 3D, which is when you have action scenes that are moving so vastly fast, your brain can't—at least most people's brains—cannot process it fast enough. So either your and 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 he admitted this: either your eyes are tricking your brain into seeing what it's seeing, or you're literally getting sick to your stomach because you can't see it, you know, and and you can't focus right. on it all because it's happening too fast. So and for a lot of people, they just their eyes imagined. And, and so that triggered yeah. their brain. But for people like me, it was motion sickness. It was great. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was, you know, it's it's interesting to see the idea of the 3D technology. I just don't know. I mean, even now, notice the 3D technology is still not much farther than it was no, when Avatar first came it's out. It's where it is. Right, and I just, I don't see that <clears throat> taking off as so, a thing.
0: So, but the thing we have to remember also going back to Alita is... Cameron's not directing he's producing right and I will admit I think Robert Rodriguez is a more energetic director yeah he has more Cameron's great at hitting those big epic emotional beats at really mm. making it seem like wow larger than life while you're watching it kind of like Nolan right you know they hit those those big you feel like you're watching something way bigger than you think that that that's on screen but they don't have that flow through of steady of, of happy action, I like to call it. You know, the kind of, uh, the adventurous action, kind of like old st- the older Star Wars, like Jedi and right. Empire, the, the 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 space adventure. Right. Or, you know, Rodriguez, I think, can capture that a bit more. He's he's worked on shoestrings and made it be about the sucking the people in to the action and right. the, the, the way of filming. So hopefully, hopefully, he does that with this and that the, the action sequences aren't unintelligible. They're well-paced and well-played and they, they, have stakes to them that you get involved in i i kind of want to see this in the theater just to support it but i can't say that even as a fan who's who's seen tons of anime and read my share of manga and is very familiar and appeared at a number of anime conventions (laughs) like you know i got enough cred to at least say i know what stuff generally is i can't say i'm an expert by any means You'd think I'd be the target audience for this, me and people who are more into it, at least my level. And I'm having trouble putting my butt in the seat for this. Yeah. Out of what I've seen so far. I want to, but it hasn't done anything where I'm just like, Yep, I'm seeing it, I'm there.
1: And as somebody who's an outsider looking in at anime, I'm kinda looking at that going, It's okay. You know, there's nothing on that says I gotta go to the movie theater right now to go see it. Especially Mm -hmm. with everything else that's out there to have choices for. This one, kind of, I'm like,
0: eh, it's okay.
1: You know, like, there's nothing that makes me
0: want to go run and go, like, i got to go see it. So, at least in terms of the trailers, I don't think the anime code has been cracked yet. To no, come to American I really not based on what I see. The movie might prove differently. And yeah, that's what
1: we'll maybe. wait and see. But, but yeah, I just I think it's a Netflix type <laughs> movie, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I'm with Bob on that. Uh, yeah, I'd like to watch it, but I don't think I'll go see it. I'll probably wait for it to come on. Yeah. Something. And and I think right now
1: that's that's the code anime should stick with is like <clears throat> either online nef- release or, or you know what I mean or video release or however Net- you want to put the, that. First of
0: all you've got the streaming service, you got Crunchyroll, right. which is the Netflix of anime. Right. It is its own service, you pay a monthly fee, and everything you could think of is on there. Right. I'm very tempted and actually Subscribing to it now just because of how much I want to watch. Does
1: Crunchyroll do like the old-fashioned like Robotech and stuff like they, that? I think
0: they have some on there. Yeah, they okay. have a lot of. They have stuff that goes back. They have stuff that's newer. They have the a gun- very, Gundam very big catalog. Yeah, I know they got a lot of Gundam on there. Okay, because um, you can watch for free. Because I watch Robotech to, religiously yeah. on Saturday morning. I mean, mm-hmm. You I was... can watch for free. You just have to watch ad-based. If you don't right. pay for the service, and if right. you pay for the service, you get to do no ads. Plus, I think you can build like a queue and all sorts of okay. things. You know, it's like there's different ways you can do it, but. Netflix has a surprisingly deep, for what they are, anime ca- catalog. Really? Okay. And they're actually doing a lot of direct anime releases that, they're, that are Netflix they're productions. They're okay. producing. The new Voltron.
1: Oh, really? Is Netflix. Is Netflix? Netflix. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, that is
0: not... Done by it was done for Netflix huh. and there's a couple others that they've been doing. There's there's actually quite a bit. There was another one, uh Devilman Crybaby, devil Cry, Cry Devilman or something like that. It came out. It's I a demon I remember one. That name, yeah. And that one's been very popular this year. Okay. And that was a direct Netflix huh. thing. And actually, they're doing. They've done the Castlevania series. If you've, if you've, I've heard of it. I've yeah. watched Castlevania yet. is pretty good. I've watched the whole first season and part of the. I haven't finished the second I have, season. I have yet. started the second yet. Yeah. But it was very good. And that's a that's an anime, but it's again direct netflix production production so they're they're definitely dipping more than just a toe into the anime world quick aside because i didn't point this out and <clears> i didn't point it out to you guys and i should have brought it up it was released
1: yesterday that netflix is actually now admitted they are working on a resident evil TV, oh yeah I tv heard series that. i heard about animated that. tv series that's gonna follow chris and clara redfield and i was kind of like Yes, like that's the movies we've been waiting for. Like yeah. to me, that's the movies we've been waiting
0: for. If it's got good, if it's got good quality, anime, I think we'll
1: have good graphics. They just came out with two animated movies recently from the Resident Evil line that were spectacular. They were produced by anime companies, ironically. <laughs> but if Netflix can do anime, the way they no, is it going to be three D? Yeah, it's like a three D anime. Okay, yeah. So it's the computer.
0: It's computer generated.
1: Definitely computer yeah. generated. There's no doubt about it. But they've told some pretty good stories through two movies. I'm kind of interested to see what they could do with a TV series if they were to do a bigger arc over a longer time. Like, what could they do with it? And you could binge it
0: if it's Netflix. Right, so it's one of those things. Exactly. Like,
1: so, you know, I might be getting a Netflix account soon. I don't know. To
0: we'll me, see. it's worth it. It's, I mean, ten bucks yeah. right now. It, in fact, it's gone up a little bit. Ten, I think it's gone to twelve ninety. Twelve, yeah, or something. Or something. Like that. But that allows you two screens at once. So, like, right. you could be watching on two TVs or the monitor or whatever at the same time. You can have multiple accounts. Right. Both Mary and I, my wife. Hi, I'm Mary. You never listen to the show, so you'll never hear this. <coughs> both I and my wife have our own accounts. Right. So as you populate your cues, you get your own movies and you get your personal recommendations and it's awesome. Yeah. So right now we, we do Prime and we do Netflix and both have a decent anime catalog. Netflix, right. I think, is even deeper even with the slight price increase they're doing i'm I'm all in on Netflix with with the, the amount they're producing with the movies they're making I actually watched I finally watched Bird box the movie yeah um, with them doing original movies like that with them doing original anime content plus all the stuff they're getting you know rights to, to to play it is a great investment for eleven or twelve bucks a month it's totally a great investment I
1: heard the whole reason too that they're doing the price increase now is because they're trying to get out ahead of Disney because Disney's Already said they're going to come out at like a thirteen dollar price point or something like that, so which is funny because yeah, how it comes out then
0: we've got that. That's this year. We should be yeah. hearing very soon about what's going uh, on. I,
1: I'm I'm willing to bet the other thing we may see in Super Bowl commercials is maybe a commercial for the Disney streaming service. You know, I I'm, can wonder, see that. I'm wondering if we see like a Star Wars commercial or trailer with a Disney anime or Disney streaming service commercial wrapped into it mm. somehow. Maybe I totally totally see that.
2: The uh, Trailer for the Mandalorian. Maybe that's true. We I mean, could see a trailer for the Mandalorian.
1: Got, they
0: got a, Apart from what they had stolen, they must have enough.
1: There's got to be a ton <laughs> of film at this point. I mean, based on the sets we've seen and everything. I mean, have
0: you heard any more about that whole theft thing? Has there been any news other than that went quiet?
1: The police are still investigating. That's that's where it sits. So yeah, it is quiet. Now the good news is it's quiet. There's no. There's been no leak.
0: Yeah, nothing's there's been, nothing. There's online, nothing online,
1: so I don't either. Either they appease whoever that Disney, stole it. Disney or, must
0: have. You know how like you can talk, and later you get something on your phone. Yeah, yeah. That just because your speaker picked you up, yep. you get they yeah, say you get sudden, ads yep. and things. Disney probably has enough money that they have an AI online <laughs> that scours. For, sure. for Disney content. Yep. And all that footage so probably you, has. Even some if you kind play of part of it, it'll. it'll, <laughs> it, it'll show it will up. find you and <laughs> shut it down probably within minutes. They've got their own NSA. Oh, God. <laughs> Weekly. Start, yeah.
1: It starts with uh, Mickey Mouse going, oh, found you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we were just watching that, that episode of uh, South Park tonight. <laughs> Okay, so our second thing we wanted to talk about tonight was actually a Star Wars fan film. I'm hoping that we don't jinx this one like we jinxed <laughs> I think the this last one, one I think this watched. one's older. Uh, yeah, it's a little older. This it's a 2018 fan film that yeah. came out. Uh, it's called Odyssey, A Star Wars Story. Now, it's obviously, to me, based in... Correct me if I'm wrong, you two. If it's based in the... Uh, Rogue One world. It looks very much like it, yeah. I mean,
0: they were very much doing a scarif approach to the look. Yeah, yeah, there's a scarif that, look to it. Not only that, but the, and I noticed this, that the shots of jumping to light speed okay. were very reminiscent of how it looked in Rogue One, where you didn't see the star trails in perfect focus. They right. kept it blurry and focused on the people. And they did that exact same shot in Rogue One. So yeah. this very much was paying tribute to some of Gareth Edwards' stylistic Style. approaches. Yep, yep. To, to that universe,
1: so it was it was an interesting fan film. We didn't say much while we were watching it. No, I we noticed that we were very quiet, kind of paying attention to it, and really kind of you know trying to soak it all in. As we we're kind of just like replaying it while we're talking. As I watched the beginning of this, I was kind of like, okay, okay, I'm all into this. And then we get to this girl here in the one scene by the tree. Okay, so what's my big beef <laughs> about Rogue One? What's the one thing that pulls me out of Rogue One that doesn't make sense? You guys remember? Because I talked about it enough. I thought by now you might guys remember.
2: Um, I think uh, character development.
1: Part of it. No, my big one is they're on a jungle planet wearing winter gear, right? Like, we talked about that a kind million times, gear, right? Yeah. Like,
2: yeah, heavy gear. Yeah, it I, looks more like a desert uh, Okay. French Foreign Legion hat.
1: I, I disagree with you. Only because, ready for this, that's the hat that they wore on Hoth. It
0: looks very much like it, yeah.
1: It's very much the hat they want. It's wore got the pleated
0: sides. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's even got the comlink on the side, like the one on Hoth. So I'm, I'm thinking this is somebody who was probably in the Rebel Legion and I'm sure had a Hoth costume and probably threw this one together and threw the Hoth helmet on. But I, I just, it's yet again, it's another one of those things that's kind of like pulling me out <laughs> just a little bit because I'm like, nope, we're in a jungle and we're wearing. Winter gear, which uh, makes nope, no sense at, to me. We're not, be
2: not in the jungle. We're at a beach. Yeah, okay, we we're a on a beach. beach in the jungle. We're moving sorry. through a jungle, though. we are moving through the jungle. No, it's we're at a beach. Material. We're, we just turned Normandy beach.
1: I'm sorry, you don't find palms like that on a freaking jungle, on just a beach or any beach. It's a jungleish beach. Sorry,
0: I disagree. <laughs> you don't find something me in a jungle else that pulled either. me out was these guys, How these guys shot their guns? <laughs> they they yeah. really held them loose. Yeah, They didn't brace them, I think because they had to do their own kickback, obviously, and they right. were told to, so they end up holding the guns out a little in front of them, yep. not braced against their shoulder, and then they would pull it back and bump it against themselves, and it was this weird kind of loose holding of the guns. Every time I saw it, it pulled me out.
1: Yeah, and then there are other little elements of the costumes. Again, this is just because I'm a costumer and that's the first thing I look at. Like, the helmets aren't quite accurate. They put that little green overlay over top of it Mm -hmm. where the whole helmet should have been like that and then painted, and it's not...
2: Well, okay, before you go any further, Bob... Go ahead. It's not the Rebel Alliance. Okay. Okay, so they're just a a random group of uh, mercenaries, if you want to call them that. They're attacking this base.
1: Why don't you think it's the Rebel Alliance?
2: Because uh, they don't have the Rebel insignias and stuff on it.
1: Okay. I might buy that, except there is a Rebel insignia on one of the helmets. Where? Hang on, I'll show you. It's under the strap. Now, I'll admit it, the strap is uh, in the way, but it's there. Uh, right there. The Rebel that insignia. Is. Yeah,
0: that is. With the, With point the strap
1: out. over top of it. Sorry. It's, you know... I just happened to notice it while I was watching. I know what you're saying, but I, I think they're trying to imply that it's the Rebel Alliance. I, I know what I, you
2: I, 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 I think the only thing they were able to c- get uh, copyright information for is the Stormtroopers and stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the Shore Troopers and the Stormtroopers, I will say this. The costumes are actually good. I would say you've got five. They've got to the, have five. Of the first but
2: the persons. problem I got with them, though, is the Shore Troopers and the Stormtroopers weren't together.
1: Okay. In Rogue One. They weren't together? I thought they were. No.
2: That not, not, that- not in the actual Stormtrooper armor. The only time you saw the Stormtroopers is when uh, Vader was attacking the... Uh, going after the, the plans.
1: They weren't... Yeah, I guess that's true. They, they, weren't, weren't, they, weren't, they weren't really, really true... They weren't on the planet, were yeah, they? They
2: weren't really true Stormtroopers uh, as we know them.
1: Right. So now, the scene that I really did like, that I was kind of going, now that's kind of impressive, was the scene where they, they hacked into the tower, Right. I'm actually sitting there thinking, like, they didn't try to modernize any of the computer elements of it, right? It looks right. 70s-ish. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'll give them some, some props there. Even the way he's hacking into it, pulling
0: out the hose and hooking it Well, he's it basically doing... They don't have a, an R two unit with it, right? So well, he's, he's doing he's the manual, self
1: slicing, right? Yeah. and I get that. And, but I liked the fact that I mean, they could have tried to jump to a touchscreen or something more modern, and they didn't. They kept it seventies looking. It looked old and vintage. That's what makes Star Wars so cool. Is like it's, it's, it's ahead of its time, but yet behind its time all at the same time. And I, I thought it
2: did a good job with that.
1: Now, what about the story? with the father coming out and he's about to get, I guess, killed? Yeah, they come
2: have... across an execution. And, and this is the only place you really do see the rebel insignia on his prisoner gang. Right, yeah, you do see it on the sleeve, sure. Clearly on,
1: on his sure. sleeve, yeah. On his sleeve. And the
2: jacket that they bring that's yeah, on. Yeah, that's the, true. The yeah, the yeah. sleeve of
1: the jacket. Uh, and obviously his son's there. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know if the Imperials brought the son out to watch on purpose, like, yes. hey, oh, yeah. if you screw up, this is, this is you too, you know. But what do you guys think of the idea that the guy shot the stormtroopers before i'm assuming he's the sergeant of the crew at least it seems like he is who is
2: there, uh, is this guy here yeah
1: that guy no. there he's not the leader
0: no no he's not the leader he was he was on I, I got the sense that other people were giving the orders because okay. they told him not you know the guy gives him a headshake. no as in don't do anything about this oh, okay
1: and so maybe the african-american that's laying down i think he was he's the, the one i think this, he was the one in charge no. i didn't get that impression though you know i i i, I
2: I think he's higher up in, in rank, but I don't think he's in charge. I think the the woman that you, you had a problem with and the guy with the black were in charge. Are the ones that are in
1: charge. Right. Okay, wow.
2: But basically, it ties in nicely to the narration
0: where they talked about having a blaster doesn't make you a soldier, what you right. do with it does. Right. And the point being, he couldn't, even though it wasn't his orders to get involved, he couldn't watch an Injustice stand by. He right. fired almost instinctively to stop it.
1: Right. And what do you guys, I mean, what did you think of the narration of it? It was kind of like...
0: That, I, was that was that one thing of my, that threw me off. I had a problem with it because it was clear that they were... I mean, it's how they told their story. Which right. I, I would have been almost more impressed if it didn't have the narration. If it told I the was story... the same thing. The same yeah. story it did without needing to narrate the details to us. And it's the problem I have with a lot of fan films is they... A lot of these fan films seem to be, want to be overly serious right. in their storytelling. Like, they want drama. They want heavy intensity, you know? And to do that with this, they had this narration where this guy got, you know, real serious and the deep mm-hmm. voice and the gravelly voice and you'll be, if you're a soldier, it's going to depend on what you do with your weapon and bub- and it seemed to be overdone. Yeah. It didn't need it. You need to have the Mr. Movie Phone
4: voice yeah.
2: well, to the, make <clears> this <throat> a thing.
4: The, the, the
0: <laughs> way, the way how I That's initially, right?
4: uh,
2: how I initially took this whole thing was because they had that shot of the guy in, in, in the doorway of the cockpit. Right. Talking to his troopers. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe it was him, this kid here, was that old guy.
0: Yeah, like this was a flashback. Oh, right. yeah. I, I, I got I that to sense. I you know,
2: thought that, that, That's how I interpreted the whole thing. And he's like trying to exp- yeah, like, I, like rally the group is what he is doing. And I, it's just the flashback scene. That's why the narration is. So it worked for me that way. Until we found out that's not what it right.
0: was. <laughs> right. Then we find out, no, what it is is this was their first mission, but the narration is coming from the kind of pep talk they were given before they landed. Right. And we're hearing that pep talk during I over was, the entire mission. I
1: was thinking the saving private moment, Ryan. Or saving private Ryan moment there, Gary, I think is what you're talking about, right? Like that same that that no. thought process, right? No,
2: no. It was just uh, he was I thought it was the kid here that sliced into the right, right. cannon. Was the guy giving the prep? pep talk to his men going... Yeah,
0: and that's what he meant by the private, Saving Private Ryan moment, is you get the that, narration from the older gentleman who you believe no, whole movie I, is Tom Hanks.
1: Right, and his, he, he kneels down and starts crying, but you don't know why, and then we flash back and we find the whole story out. You know? I, I
2: didn't get the Private Ryan at all part. Okay. It was just trying to tell his men that what you, you're responsible for your actions more so than anything else, right, which, right. which is what this whole thing's all about. Right. Because of what he did caused the death of several other people.
1: Now, on the flip side of that, I thought the person, whoever came up with the intensity of the firefight, did actually a good job of representing that um, from a military standpoint. I, I thought, you know, that they, they the idea of a uh, thermal detonator exploding and what that does to people. I thought the guys getting shot, it was nice to actually, I know that sounds crazy, but it sounds, it, it's nice to see a rebel getting shot every once in a while, yeah. you know what I mean, and, and not making it. Yeah, stormtroopers can hit something every once in a blue Is that guy got a you know?
0: pump-action blaster? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, it looks like it. Or at least he's making it look like it is. I don't think it's intended to be. You
0: see, that's the part I'm talking about, with right. the whole real loose-holding gun popping right. around. It doesn't look
1: Well, and the official, weird thing but... is you have that, and then earlier in the movie, he uh, they go to go get to the computer. Now, look at how they come in here. It's very tactical. Yeah. Which, okay, modern tactics would say that, but I've never seen a Star Wars movie do that right there. Right. That's so tactical, and <laughs> what, it
2: just... which tells me that they're not rebels at that point.
1: Well, I get what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> it's just counterintuitive to the Star Wars ideology that right. you know playing tactical. But then you're right, Eric. Later on, they're like running around with the guns all loosey goosey. They're not really. They're just kind of firing, but yeah. not aiming down a scope at all. You know. And then you look at the stormtroopers, who ironically in the Star Wars movies, rare, very rarely look down a scope. They're and they're the they're ones are, looking down yeah. a scope. It's just, it, yeah. It just felt a little weird and awkward in that regard. But like I said, I, I kinda the intensity at least for the fight scene I thought was well portrayed. Yeah, pretty good. The ships, what do you guys think of the ships?
0: The graphics of the ships. For the most part, didn't I didn't get pulled out of the story in, in terms of I've seen some where you hit those those three D graphic scenes and you're like, Whoa, you know, yeah. this is not great three D modelling and stuff. They they obviously had enough knowledge to be able to do this to to pull it off. The ship's leaving the beach when they were watching the ships leave without them, right. was a nice touch. With the you know, they kind of had that atmospheric haze; they were farther away. The ships pulling up in the sky when the the Rebel fleet arrived and stuff was nice. You could see them, yeah. Although they must have been really low to see them as they must have been. That's in so the I was atmosphere.
1: too, like you'd almost have to be in the planet.
0: Yeah, atmosphere that, they would be. be they'd like be like dots that. if they were well, up in space. Well, right. well those,
2: those Star Destroyers were they, I, they, they. They were, were pretty close, close too. They had to be in the atmosphere, yeah. But Although,
0: you don't. You don't. I mean, other than Han Solo in Force Awakens, you don't. Light speed jump into the atmosphere of planet. Right, plane. <laughs> right.
1: What do you guys think of the, the tower? Like, what they did with the tower? The fact that he reprogrammed it to fire at the Star Destroyers. That was nice. I mean... You know what I wanted, though, when it happened? How about a cheer?
0: Yeah, they didn't like, get very yeah, excited. We, yeah,
1: like, we, we did it. We did what we came to do, right? Like, that, it felt like that's what they were there to do. So why not a cheer from the troops? Like, yeah, we did it, you know? Maybe then one of them gets killed. Whatever, but, like, to me, that would have been a moment to break some of that seriousness you're talking about, and have a, at least a, a cheer, uh, something, you know. I,
2: uh, I'd like to see more of the tower attacking the one Star Destroyer and the other one just blows it right to the, the tower? Right yeah.
0: Down on the beach? Yeah.
1: Actually, what I was hoping to see, and it sounds crazy, is the tower attacks the the one Star Destroyer, basically destroys it, and then the other Star Destroyer has To destroy the tower that's before it fires at it, is no. that what you were yeah, saying? That's what I was saying. Well, oh,
2: okay, as, as it was attacking the other one before it destroyed it, it just right tried, yeah, just blew it right out of the
1: yeah, because it had no other option in order to get, yeah. yeah. The,
2: how now, how would have that been for a better ending when they get
0: in the ship and the door starts to close? How would have the ending been maybe more intense if you see all these stormtroopers coming at them, they're firing, the door is slowly closing, shots are even coming into the ship, they're ducked down, intense. In the background, you see the second Star Destroyer fire down, hit that tower, blinding flash of light up the beach as
1: the there door just closes. Yep.
0: Would have been a that nice touch. That would have touch. been
1: a great, nice touch, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, would have, it had a, more of a Rogue One feel to it, too. Yeah. Uh,
2: and, and I'd like to have seen one of the the, the good guys, if you want to uh, call gets handed a gun, and as the doors are sh- shutting up, he's shooting out the yeah. door. You instead know. of just lying yeah. like
1: yeah. yeah, I agree with you.
2: No, it's more like... Uh, like the Vietnam guys did with the helicopters and all that. Shot to the last second? Yeah.
1: So let me ask you guys, if you always do this, a thumb up, thumb down. Thumbs up is like a yeah, I would recommend it to a Star Wars fan to watch. Thumbs down is probably not. What do you, what do you guys think on this one?
2: Uh, three quarters up. Okay. What What's your hesitation for all the way up, Gary? The well, one of the things is the weapons that the rebels, if you wish to call them that. Yeah. They didn't look Star Wars enough for me. Okay. Only the guy with the the big... Yeah, the larger rifle. Yeah. (laughs) The big tube. BFG. (laughs) Yeah. As it were. Was the only one that looked futuristic, I guess. Uh, Everything else looked like they were uh, M4s or... um, Yeah, they they tried to do the
1: modified M4 like in in Endor, but they didn't modify them enough, I don't think, is really what happened there. Whoever was doing the prop side of it needed to do just a little more... Um, to them to make it work i, I would give it a thumbs up I, I enjoyed it i mean like i said there were things that brought me out of it but not to the point that i was like i would hate this movie you know it's small things but i mean again when you're going on no budget and, and you're doing yeah, what you're yeah. doing uh i can appreciate that as, i mean as far as quality it's a pretty good quality star wars fan film especially if we consider all the blaster bolts that are going by <laughs> and like you said Eric, the graphics are pretty dang good i mean
2: and if i could say something to, to dispel your rebels Theory of the the rebel outfits weren't right, you know that. Yeah. What if they were just since it's the beginning of the rebellion and everything? Okay. What if it's one of the planets' military or something that? I and, get it. It's, so it's and, like a and,
1: yeah. militia or something that, that the rebels are trying to recruit or something. No,
2: no, no. It's just uh, one of the the planets that joined the rebellion has a military. Okay. You know because adventure. You know it's not just going to be volunteers. They're, they're, the the planets are going to throw their military in. Right, The so, local so,
1: militia would be doing it.
2: Well, the military of the say Elderon,
1: for instance. Right. You know, That's what not, I'm saying. It,
2: well, not a militia though. It's a, the actual military that, that the planet would have had.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we're saying the same thing, just using different terms. But yeah, militia I, can be military.
2: It can be, but I, I think more of a militia is being uh, just a, a local, yeah, band. I mean, a, a whole planet's military it could have been right. that that arm that. Outfits and stuff, uniforms and stuff.
1: So, Eric, what what would you rate this? uh, Thumbs up, thumbs down?
0: I'll go with Gary. I didn't know we could do three quarters, but since he's allowed, (laughs) I'm going to do it too. I'm going to say three quarters. Y'all are cheating now. Um, (laughs) I definitely liked it. Definitely think it's worth a watch. Uh, Definitely thought they did tons of things right. It was filmed nicely. Uh, The quality, the, the, the framing of the shots. Surprisingly good graphics, even down to the 3D when they're on the beach, and they're getting their 3D graphics of their mission and stuff, and it's glowing, you know. Uh, those things were very subtle, the holograms, but they were nice. Right. The over-dramatic approach, again, <laughs> of we're telling a Star Wars story, but it doesn't feel necessarily like a Star Wars story because we're getting way more dramatic than than, it and than Star Wars does. We're right. getting more serious dramatic than Star Wars does space opera. Right. You know, there's a difference. Space opera is very epic and kind of over, over grand, you know, the universe is at stake type thing with myth and magic and all that, you know, the, 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 the force and whatever. <clears throat> and this is more like, say like, you know, we said saving private Ryan in a way it's more that, right. you know, you're a soldier and yeah. here's what it means. And Oh, someone's about to be murdered and he, he, he has to stand up for him. And it, it gets, to, it's, it's a little heavier than star Wars usually gets. So that pulls me out a bit because it feels a little less like star Wars because of it. Uh, the, the, the usage of the guns, you know, the little things like that. But for the most part, I thought they did a nice job of telling this little side, side story. And, you know, the way they did it out of pace, you know, having the guy's speech be what played over the entire thing uh, and realizing it's the speech at the end that we're about to see them get deployed when most of them have been killed. Right. Which is kind of, again, Rogue One y. It, it, it played off Rogue One nice. So I definitely give it three quarters thumbs up. Okay, excellent.
1: So, those were our thoughts about Alita, the Battle Angel, and Odyssey, a Star Wars story. So, head on over to galaxcast.com. Let us know what you think, or find us on Twitter, or find us on Facebook. We have a new Facebook page. Go check it out. Check us out on YouTube as well. And we're going to take a break here in just a moment because we're going to go watch part of Star Wars uh, Resistance. And we're hopefully not going to pillow this one. We'll see it. Oh, uh, I'm definitely going <laughs> And we'll be back in just a little bit to talk about. Look, what's that ahead? Are those asteroids?
4: No, they're commercials. We'll be right back.
3: I thought I was marrying an Italian.
5: Then through Ancestry.com, we discovered I'm actually only about 8% Italian and mostly English.
3: Not just English, freaking royalty.
5: Trace my roots back to King Charles II.
3: That's when I started researching my own ancestry and found out that I'm a distant relative of. Get this, his sister Mary.
5: What a coincidence!
3: We were family before we were family. It's kind of romantic.
5: Uh, kind of.
3: Boop. Just two generations later, our family S-
5: families
3: was well removed from the throne. Those ancestors came to America,
5: but all but two of them died in a common cold epidemic.
3: Really bad immune systems on account of
5: surviving duo was an aunt and her nephew, Mildred and Gentry Malloy.
3: At least they thought it was just the two of them. But just before they arrived, Aunt Mildred realized she was pregnant. A love story. Family making family. Be still, my heart.
5: Mm-hmm. Now, when we say aunt and nephew, realize this was another time. I mean, she was actually younger than him.
3: So really more like uncle, Look, niece.
5: the kid was Mildred and Gentry's only child. He grew up, moved west, had 17 kids with four wives, and that's when the family tree really starts to branch out.
3: And I uncovered another surprise just before we came here. You know how we figured out that your dad's brother was put up for adoption? Mm -hmm. I found him. Turns out he's my mom's second cousin. Oh my god. Right? And we were always like, isn't it so crazy we have the same last name?
5: (laughs) Technically, it's legal for cousins to marry in dozens of states.
3: We're long lost cousins. (laughs) Oh my God, I love our story. Let's have a kid.
4: The future is now. The future is in the cloud. Cloud computing. What's cloud computing? Imagine a computer you share with everyone. Imagine your private data spread around the world, being shared equally with everyone. It's the cloud. I'm in the cloud. It's utopia. Nothing can possibly go wrong. Imagine instead of your own computer, it's a giant one we all share together. Your data is safe. It's in the cloud.
3: Everyone's in the cloud.
4: Live life surrounded by the mists of time with cumulonimbus computing. The cloud is hard to describe. You can't see when you're in it. And when you get close, it disappears. Where'd the cloud go? Now, when your data is damaged, you don't need to fire the IT department. You can fire the Internet.
0: You're fired, Internet.
4: We've taken the metaphor to extremes, because when you're in the cloud, lightning won't strike. It's Cumulonibus Computing. I'm really in the clouds. You're in the clouds now. The new Boba Fett Star Wars large size action figure from Kenner. Darth Vader sold separately. Capture
5: them alive! I'm the best bounty hunter in the whole galaxy. That's why you got the job.
4: Boba Fett has a see-through helmet with play rangefinder to locate your objective. You can move his legs, knees, arms, even wrists and elbows. His backpack unit is removable.
5: You have your mission. Good luck. I don't need luck. I'm the best.
4: New Boba Fett Star Wars large size action figure from Kenner. Darth Vader sold separately.
1: Do you own a business or a podcast?
4: Are you looking for
1: ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested we look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world
4: Thank you for your patience during our galactic promotions. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast.
1: Hey, folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we review, at least for us, the latest episode of Star Wars Resistance titled Sonora's Score. So this was episode 7 of this first season. And they they basically put it down right here. On a mission to repair a vital platform defense, Kaz befriends the mysterious Sonara and comes under attack by pirates. I don't think Kaz befriended her as much as the other girl did. I kind of felt that way too, yeah. that that Felt like they had a connection. Yeah, like all of a sudden, oh, somewhere along connection. the way... <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that uh, Zan, is that right? I think it's made. It has nothing to do with Kaz. As a matter of fact... I kind of feel like Kaz is actually in the way yeah, in this he entire annoys, episode. Yeah,
0: he pretty much is. He he does his bit, but it's not necessarily about him. Tam? Tam, Tam. that's
1: Tam. what we're thinking of. Yeah,
0: Tam. Yeah, Tam and Sonara yeah. seem to uh, have, have a Have a serious connection. By the, by the end. Because she's willing to risk her life for Sonara, which Sonara finds strange she, i don't think she's had anyone willing to do that before and we'll get to that
1: so here's the weird thing in the beginning of the episode we have this part right that needs to get repaired did you guys get the impression that this had anything to do with the platform the part that he tells him has got to go get repaired we i thought it was going to be like a a ship part i mean everything mm-hmm. else that we've ever gone after is a ship part and then we find out it has everything to do with the platform it was just kind of like well, I never got that cut. Kind of, you know what I mean? I would think there's more urgency behind that number one and number two. I was kind of like, I didn't get the impression that was the case. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I missed that somewhere along mm-hmm. the way. Did you guys get that? Like, I I don't know.
0: Well, I think the name of the part was a giveaway. They called it the MacGuffin 2000. So <laughs> once that broke, you're like, oh, well, they it's might be as important. well have called it the MacGuffin 2000.
1: <laughs> I don't remember what what was the name they used at the beginning there, Gary. You pointed it out. It sounded like a. A Clone Wars company. What was what was that name? I forget now.
2: Well, they were uh, asking for a targeting uh, relay or something, right? For a targeting computer. They named the White wing and they also named the actual. I can't remember the numbers of it, but the the Clone Wars, uh, the Clone Troopers flew a certain fighter, and it was, yeah, that, yeah, that was the number that they they rattled off. Yeah. So
1: there was kind of an interesting reference to Clone Wars parts, at least. That's the, the appearance, I believe, they were trying to give when they were referencing this part of this computer they were looking for. Uh, what we find out later is that it's actually the tracking computer for the station's defense system.
0: They're working on it. In and their they're working bay. on
1: it in their bay. Now, that's a pretty big deal. That means Captain Doza has to be trusting... Uh, well, I don't know his name now. That's awful. Has <laughs> to be trusting Jaeger quite a bit in order to ask him to, to take care of the defenses for the... yeah. At the same time, I'm kind of like, why are you asking Jaeger? Don't you have your own people that would be on top of that? I, I just that Jaeger, I think, is more important than he appears. Maybe I mean, he's more involved in things than yeah. he appears. Do you think he and Captain Doza are kind of like I working so. hand I in think. hand, and we I think, just don't know it at this point? I mean, why the
0: heck would Doza be referring to him directly, like in a com, like direct to him? Right. Get this fixed. I think yeah. there's something more there.
1: I I gotta agree with you there. So they go to this this shop again with. Orca and Flicks and...
2: Well, the, the one thing I, I, I know, might, might have come up with with this part where you're getting at, they're, they're talking about all the salvage and stuff is under the water. Oh, yeah. Right. They mentioned
0: that they had a, 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 a submerged ship and they talked about the corrosion that could have happened, but they got it unsubmerged in time. So clearly they're getting salvage. You see them pulling stuff up right? yeah. from that right. From that section.
1: And Gary, your theory
0: was what?
2: I think they're on Camino.
0: You think it's the old wreckage of the
2: the Camino facility? The facilities have sunk,
0: right? And they're
2: above it. Yeah,
0: could be. I think either that or the, but Clone what's the, Wars, the. What's the name of the planet, though? They've named the planet.
1: I think it's Camino, isn't it? No, I don't think they really. Oh, named on the planet it. that they're on for the show. Right? No, they never really named they're the just, planet. They're
2: just talking about the colossus that's on it. Yeah, right.
1: So. They, they keep naming the platform, but not the planet itself. Um, I think it would be interesting, what if the Clone Wars came to Kamino, and a whole bunch of ships were in that battle, and they all fell into the water, and that's what they're salvaging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Not even necessarily the Kamino facility, that that could be long gone, who knows, but I'm just saying that this could just be just the ships they're salvaging, and maybe that's what the Colossus is doing, is salvaging all the Clone Wars ships. Uh, for the parts and for all the things that you know.
2: Well, I think they're there to go after the the facility because the, the obviously the facility sunk, <laughs> right? Yeah, the cloning I get what you're technology saying. and the cloning yeah. technology behind right. it, right?
1: That that could be huge. The first
0: order could want that, yeah,
1: right? Exactly. That's what I'm to thinking. To make their own army. To make their own perfect army that they've been trying to do anyway. They've been basically trying to clone in their own little way, without actually cloning. And that's yeah, I think that. Would be and it was also mentioned but,
2: in the last the first Awakens too
1: true yeah that they were they were looking for cloning uh, oh
2: no not the maybe, maybe they should use the clone army <laughs> oh that's right the reference
1: was directly made right. yeah they they're obvious it's pretty obvious that they're salvaging and that's when we learn that sonara is now working down at the salvage center now it's kind of weird because we go down there and you know he says hey we're gonna go down there Cass says we're gonna go down there i want to meet somebody that i met recently or I didn't say recently. A, friend, a good old friend of mine, and we'll yeah. we'll we'll get some, and we meet up with Sonara, and it's kind of weird because for us it's like, wait a minute, we just met her in
0: the last episode. Yeah, I get the sense it's been about two weeks, like you know, a <laughs> short period of time since since they dropped her off, and she's doing a thing down there now.
1: Really? I, oh yeah, I got the would, impression it was longer than no, that. No, because
0: he's it's obviously Kaz doing his thing. We're like a friend of mine, you know, he's talking her up when he has no reason to talk it's it's the, all the character things they do with him being a braggart and stuff i get the sense that you know within 2 weeks she could easily adopt into a section and start doing work and stuff like that
1: i'm it, wondering well, i'm wondering if later we're going to learn that we're watching these all out of order out of timeline order do you get what i'm saying Nah. kind of I mean, like we did with clone wars where like everything was out of order and yeah. then finally you started to realize wait a minute that already happened or this could have happened before that
2: but but what 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 i think is going on though, is um She's a strong personality. Yeah. And uh, she's just taking over that salvage uh, operations there. Just kind of worked her way into it. Yeah. 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 Maybe.
0: Well, because it's obviously no one, I mean, there's no one probably in charge of things necessarily. There's a hierarchy that runs, but if you come in with a lot of knowledge, she probably could move up the chain pretty quick. I I didn't get the sense she was in charge, but because she said, let's go, I'll go check and see if we have one. Just checking right. with inventory. I didn't get the sense she was, like, well, ordering someone to get something for her or anything.
2: I, I thought that guy that she hit with the, uh, the salvage or whatever it was Yeah, might have been the guy that was in charge. That's kind of what I thought, at, too. At one, yeah. at one time. Yeah. And uh, he's trying to get to his position back, and she just laid him out again. Maybe. type, type, type of thing. Like Which the, guy? Hold
0: on. I'm confused.
2: Right, right at the very beginning of this episode. When they went down to see him, they were they're, they're struggling over a piece of. Uh, oh
0: right, right! I totally forgot about that. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, it was so important. It was worth totally <laughs> forgetting about.
0: Totally forgot.
2: Yeah,
1: so I, it, I agree. I can see what you're wow, saying. You know,
2: it's it's, it's pre- pretty wild. Uh, you're catching. I, I, I know, I know what's going on in, this, in the episode. in Eric well, don't. Maybe Eric had did you for asleep, Did
0: you? Asleep, did you? <laughs> I was aw- I was awake. I just. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still wondering when Anakin's
2: going to show up. I'm just all out of sorts. Like, he won't show up because he doesn't like sand. Oh, right. So
1: long story short, Sonara f- manages to find the part miraculously that they need that they supposedly can't
0: find any of. Didn't they need
1: like five of them too? No, like they needed initially? one.
0: They needed one. The, they, the guy in the thing joked they had five. He's like, oh yeah, I got five of those and kyber <clears throat> crystals oh, okay. and this I and that. I thought they needed, initially they just, needed five. No, they just needed the one.
1: Okay. So she, she finds the one piece they're looking for. And they head back, and of course, she immediately is now, for some reason, she's skeptical of the fact that they needed this particular chip. Well, it's it's
0: a military grade piece, so true, yeah, like what you need military
1: grade stuff for. So she starts, and she knows
0: she'll know what it's for. It's a tracking device that probably runs weaponry. So immediately she's gonna be like, "Is something wrong with the with the security systems with the weapons on the station?" And of course, we
1: know from the last episode she's with the pirates, so she starts tracking them, and she calls up the pirates and says, "Hey." Uh, here's the deal. I don't think their tracking system is working on their their guns. Now, I I thought we were going to be really stupid. The pirates are going to go in right away and be stupid. And maybe it was working and it didn't matter all right. along. Um, I was kind of glad that they they didn't fall for that little MacGuffin and went, well, hey, we need you to confirm that first.
0: Yeah, yeah. Before
1: we actually just come in and do it. And oh, by the way, where are all the fighters? Because if they're still there, it ain't going to help us out. Um, now, interestingly enough, later the fighters all
0: go out. Why do they leave? Do we have any reason for them? We're, he, it was again mysterious. He said, "All we know is that uh, Dozer said they had a very important cargo to escort. They were is meeting, was, yeah, okay, and that's all he said." But so something's going on out there.
2: Yeah, and they had like an hour or so to get everything operational. That's they, right. They were
0: going to be gone for too long. It was a window.
1: Great, right. and then they timed it. They timed it almost perfectly. The pirates did, which, yeah. of course, makes everybody suspicious. And, of course, we know, obviously, that the, the Sonara helped them with that. So she lets the pirates know about it. They meet up with Sonara later because she comes to bring them couplings. And uh, Well,
0: she comes to find out more. She's, to
1: try to figure out what's going on. Right. And, of course, she's not stupid. <clears throat> and, again, we have another dumb moment here where Cass tries to play off a targeting system
0: as a food steamer. yeah. So, see, the problem is they push his character so far into the doofus category that it's hard to root for him because he, right. he he trips over everything, he brags about everything, he constantly makes mistakes. He needs some redeeming qualities. You can't make a character. This is the type of person who you wouldn't want to hang out with if they were right. a
1: real person. You can't go that far. Well, I'll go one step further. Like, Niku was kind of funny and weird you know, at the beginning of the show. Now he's just ridiculous. Yeah. He's almost Jar Jar-esque. I I, I
2: want to sh- shoot both of them.
1: Yeah, like, I'm almost over Kaz and Niku at this point. I could go with any of the other characters right now. But those two are actually starting to annoy me. Like, yeah. w- like watching them on screen is actually starting to annoy me. And I, I can't believe I'm saying that about one of the major characters of the show. Uh, I could watch Jaeger all day long over... Yeah, he and, He's interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I find him interesting. I find
0: even Tam, Tam is kind of interesting. Is an interesting
1: character. You know, the fact that she's kind of an orphan
0: is, and yeah, she came here. She she lost the the, the story she briefly tells. Sonara was a good story about her, how
1: she lost a race yeah. and therefore lost her fighter and her ability to leave. You know, yeah, and so so now she's stuck being a mechanic until she can save money for yeah. a fighter. I actually felt for her a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, I there was a moment there. I was kind of like, okay, I, now I understand why she's here and. Right. It's gotta suck to be her, you know.
2: And since she went and saved Sonara, we didn't need saving. It's going to bring her over to the. Sonara's going to become
0: a good guy. Right, I think that this is a character who's going to last on the show. We've we've been introduced. I'm to this thinking show. so too. I'm thinking
1: she might be our double agent. You know, like mm-hmm. kind of like we had with the other uh, with Revels, where the one um, Kalish. Callus became a double Calus agent. Callus was my yeah. favorite
0: character. Yes. I miss Callus. <laughs> we need someone like Callus. I, I think she's going to be... Mutton chops out the... <laughs> n-
1: <laughs> I think... I think is going to become her double agent, the one that plays both sides, both the pirates and... and the platform itself, and, and befriends people on the platform, and but she'll
0: eventually grow to like the platform so much she'll have a redeeming moment where she saves. Uh, them that's from what pirates. I'm thinking. Yeah, I think that's, that's,
1: that's pretty that's, sad that we're able to predict that. And that's the part, problem but. is
0: it's I think. we'll I mean, granted, it while it's it, she, while she's actually not a bad character, we've only seen her a little bit. and I'm kind of already interested in her. I want to see more of what happens with her. Um, I think I can predict her arc pretty quickly. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Pro- um, prove yeah, me wrong.
1: Maybe, maybe it will be wrong. Maybe she'll stay a pirate and really stab him in the back or something. Actually, I would kind of like that to an extent because I'm not expecting it at all. So, long story short, pirates attack, and it's a disaster. And, of course, now they've got to try to get the targeting computer into the whatever. I don't know what, like, what you would call that.
2: It's into big- the, the, the targeting computer slot. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Yes Gary knows the the technical terms There you go, the technical term (laughs) is the targeting computer slot (laughs) So he was going to put his machine in the slot Exactly, in the port In the port, yes And we did have a that's what she said moment That's right, you'll get it later if you watch the episode Where Eric went, that's what she said Yes. (laughs) There was
0: actually more than one moment I could have said There were a couple moments,
1: yeah So they try to get it into the slot And it gets stuck on the way in
0: even Even before that, before they even put it in this lot <laughs> thank you they get attacked
1: they get attacked right yeah.
0: and we actually had one of my more enjoyable action moments there was a moment there where they were doing the spinning uh, there was like the Boskish character who was yeah. fighting Kaz while another fight was going on on the, the skiff and he knocked the one guy off the skiff and spun around and, you know they right. ducked the thing and I'm like here we go. This feels like a cinematic kind of action right. moment. You'd see a director set up that you could see them plotting the choreography out and saying, hey, this will swing, this guy ducks, you, you fly out, fly back, someone falls." I was
1: going to say the, the choreography here is pretty good. Not only that, but they had cutaways for the first time ever in the yeah. show.
0: We're like, we're following
1: that fight scene while the fight scene's going on over And the, I like that. That feels more cinematic. Right. We kept cutting back and forth between the two. I'm like, that's Star Wars. Like, yeah. that's exactly what I'm talking about. You're following Han and Leia while you're it watching just, Luke and Dars, the only problem I mean? is
0: it went on too long
1: you're right it did take a little hole once
0: so. the the lead guy there uh craigen got on and jumped right. on the skiff and was fighting with uh jaeger that should not have taken it as long just, as it, it did. went on forever yeah. <laughs> and i'm like okay i get it yeah. but i still will give him props it's some of the better choreography i've seen on the show so far
1: and it was kind of weird because it was like oh it's gonna go in oh no it's not now it is yes no yes and i no. actually
0: liked some <laughs> the riding on that skiff yeah. there were moments of of pretty good, like vertigo, yep. like inducing. They, like when they first dropped out of the bay and spun to the side, and the camera, they do this nice thing on this show. I always notice it when the camera is focused on the characters, and it stays on them, like it's locked on them, so that the environment spins right. as the skiff is turning and flying, and the environment moves, and they don't move because we're we're focused in on them. Right, and it's a nice cinematic touch that they've done a couple times now with this, on, especially on this little skiff moment. Where They did it a few times when Jaeger was up. He had to pull away from Kaz while Kaz right. was on the, on the ledge and did a spin out and the camera would stay on Jaeger's face and you'd see the whole background kind of rapidly Or when, he, when he pulled the
1: pistol out to try to shoot. Yeah. At, that yeah. was the same thing happened there. Someone,
0: someone really sat down and did more planning with this one sequence than I've seen so far in this series. And I yeah. liked it. it yeah. Again, it went on too long, but I'll take a decent planned out sequence going on too long compared to some of the stuff we've had up to this point.
1: Although, Gary, you made a valid
0: point about the Vibrax.
1: Yeah. He pushes it into the Trandoshan, and if it's a Vibrax, it should have sliced right through him. Instead, it just electrocuted him. I mean, not that it was an awful thing, but, yeah, it should have sliced right through him. Although, I gotta say, the pirates all looked a lot alike. There were several Trandoshans. Uh, there were know, several. I liked of the. I like
0: the guy in the uh, stormtrooper uniform with the. Yeah, eye, I thought that was Punched cool. out and just. Kinda, I thought he was a nice design. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was like. A and that whole
0: moment was a nice moment. Out. where they smacked him, and then the lady yeah. picks up and starts walking away with yeah. the whole piece. And <laughs> yeah, like
1: the, like she was stealing yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was caught. pretty nice.
0: Uh, so you know there were there were a couple couple humors I, of I stuff. will say this too, even though I'm jumping ahead at the very end, when Cragen jumps off the platform and his ship rises up to fly away, and we see it's an imperial. Uh, Subtle, craft. Subtle craft that's yeah. been modified with the top yep. wing taken yep, yep, yep. off. And stuff. I thought that was a cool design. I liked what they yes. did with that and the look of it and how it had been changed around. That was a cool. You suggest. know what this
1: all reminded me of is the Reavers from Serenity. I don't know if you guys ever yeah, watched it, yeah, right? I like the Reavers and, and the way they would kind of like bastardize everything yeah. and bash it all together. Yeah,
2: and the Orcs from Forty Thousand. That too. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah
2: Warhammer Forty Thousand.
1: Yeah, Forty K. Yep. I. I totally. Yeah. Like kit bashing things together, yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool, and I liked I liked the stormtrooper armor. I was like, that was actually pretty cool.
2: And there was some and clone was, armor.
1: Yeah, and there was some clone clone trooper armor thrown in there, and and we definitely got a much much better look at the armor that uh, Kragan's wearing, which is definitely, as you said, Gary, uh, the helmet that Veers has yep. with a mixture of the the same armor and stuff that they wear, and um, you know, I, I again, I'm liking these little references to Star Wars stuff that works for me. Um, in the end, they repel the pirates. They finally put the they jam it into the slot,
4: put computer <laughs> with into the force.
1: Slot. Yep. And of course, we have that moment where they're going to be like, "Oh, oh, we think we broke it." Yeah, and then it works. And it magically works, <laughs> you know, of course, because it's Star Wars. And the defense systems come back online, and they got to, you know, take it and hightail it and run. And
0: I don't even. Th- I got the sense that the pirates were like, the guns weren't necessarily enough to destroy them. They were right. already on the platform and everything. But they'd done what they set out to do. They grabbed supplies. Right. They caused some mischief. They
1: caused havoc. And and no and point
0: all. in hanging out and taking risks. And so I, I didn't get, I didn't get the sense that the guns were that, Crucial. so so dangerous that. But it was enough to dissuade them. Be like, okay, it's yep. not worth it. Let's go.
2: Now, yeah. the only thing I wish that the pirates had stolen, was some gas.
0: <laughs> Maybe they did.
2: Oh you gosh, know.
1: you know that was the one thing I was like, thank God it's not about <laughs> some gasoline in this one or some fuel or. That actually was something crossing my mind as we were watching the episode. This isn't about fuel! Yay!
2: <laughs> all you can do is just show a couple of pirates and just going dee, 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 dee", with a, a couple of bottles of gasoline or something. Oh, no. so, it have been all right with me. So, in
1: the meantime, Doza decides to contact Captain Pyre and basically at well, the Well, we, we got to episode- say,
0: let's get to that moment with Sonara because it was kind of the point of the episode. She's rescued... Uh, Tam shows up. Right, and rescues her. Well, a, a, a rebel pulls a gun on Tam. Right. Sonara steps out. The, 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 I mean, sorry, a pirate pulls a gun on Tam. Sonara steps out. The pirate starts to call Sonara by her name, gets out the S, and Sonara punches him out to stop him from, yeah. from doing that. And it was a nice little, okay, I'm going to keep hiding my identity. My identity. I was waiting for it to be spoiled. I'm like, oh, that's it. Right. We're going to get the spoil, and she's going to have to leave with the pirates. Right. And the fact that she punched the guy out to stay longer and stuff, I thought was a nice little touch. And there was that moment of recognition that someone risked their him. life. Yeah. No, well, I'm saying from of oh, Sonara, right, of Sonara, recognizing that someone would risk their life for me. Whether or not that's going to be a redemptive arc, we'll see. But I think that was almost kind of the point right. of the episode in the end that we finally got to.
2: Wait, which, uh, what's the name of the episode?
1: Uh, the title of the episode is Sonara's Score. So she scored
2: uh, brownie points with... Uh Maybe both, someone, both someone, the someone. pirates and and, right. her, and and the people on the platform. She's playing both sides. Yeah. So
0: now here's a question though: What happened to that pirate that got punched out? Did someone grab him and take him, and they flew away with him, or is he lying there unconscious on the deck? And when he wakes up, he's gonna be like, "Why did you hit me, my friend Sonara, who I've known my whole life?"
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, more likely he ran off. Yeah. It's a good point because no one, no one grabbed his go. body or anything. But yeah. I think my theory right now, he's with the ailing pilot. <laughs> riding
1: a spider somewhere. she's down there teaching them how to ride spiders yes. yep gotcha well, the bummer spider there's gonna be a lot of people riding spiders soon you know that right yeah so long story short at the end Doza contacts Captain Commander Pyre and says okay what's the deal how can we get you guys to come in and uh, help us out how can the first order help bring
0: and it's clear that the first order is causing the pirate raids just so they could come in and play the good guy
1: you think that's what's oh, going yeah. on here oh yeah okay yeah. I mean, maybe it's not as clear for me. <laughs> I'm guaranteeing that the I First
0: think. Order is working with... Didn't we even see the pirates talking to the First Order at one point? I think they did. I, I thought we had so. that I in the earlier episode. So yeah. I, I feel like they're getting... I think that was the high Tower one. Yeah, they're getting yeah. their, you know, orders to cause havoc and cause whatever. So they'll, so that they'll need they'll they'll to rely need on the First Order. Yeah.
1: And long run, maybe that's what the First Order is trying to do, is get the parts and figure out where the cloning facility is. Well, they gets, want to
0: take over the platform.
1: And the platform... Yeah. And they want be to come their, in and do their, it. Yeah.
0: Now, why they don't just do it by force... There's something
1: going on there, but like I said, maybe the platform hasn't found the the, the facility yet, and they're waiting for them to do that. Well,
2: I, I think if they came in with force, then the the rebels would have to respond. The resistance would and have the to resist, respond. Resistance would know that they're right. They're, they're trying. They're trying to be more yeah. covert and right. hide what they're after. Right, it makes sense.
1: Okay, so let's I guess rate this episode a uh, ten to definitely see uh, one is a don't bother and uh, anything in between. So anybody want to go first? Go sorry. I haven't gone first in a while. Okay, Eric, go ahead. I'm going to
0: give this one a solid 7. Okay. I almost want to give it an 8, but an 8 starts sounding really good. And it still right. had its issues. But for the most part, there was good action and good choreography. There were some story arcs that we're actually interested in. Yeah. There was some humor that still worked. There was great ship design and character designs going on in there. Some of the camera work and visuals I really enjoyed. The thing I think that's pulling me down almost all three points is Kaz. Yeah. Our central focus of the show is still annoying the hell out of me. (laughs) And until he stops annoying me and becomes someone that I can root for it pulls me out of the show every time. Right. I was, you know during those fights you know, he he swung once and it was was an axe. Right. He dodged every punch, he ran, he ducked throw a punch, throw a kick give the guy a little bit of a heroic backbone to him and not just a he's almost a jar jar he stumbles around until good things happen in the fight sequence or whatever so he's what pulls me out but give him more to do and better quality and then i'll enjoy his interactions better with other characters and i think you'll pull me into this show more and if you could do more shows that average like this i can watch this this was to me this was a seven Uh,
1: i was gonna give this one a six and the one I, i agree with some of those drawbacks there were there were a couple more for me. Niku, I thought, was completely yeah. annoying this entire episode. Didn't need to have the whole cover the mouth bowl. If you didn't want Niku to talk, just don't have him talk. It, it, it was kind of ridiculous. I was kind of upset at some of the ineffectual things that they did. That just the. The way they handled BB eight I thought was kind of an afterthought. The the other droid was kind of bucket, whatever his name is. Of course he is of an afterthought in the whole show at this point. But then there were things I liked. You know, I, I did like having that interaction between Tam and and Sonara. I, I really did like the way we handled and and had um Jaeger interacting with Doza and, and, and all that. I thought that was all actually well planned out and well put together. There I actually, there was a dire moment, you know what I mean? And I actually started to go, hey, the platform's actually in trouble and I'm actually slightly concerned about that. They got me on that one. Right. So for the first time I was kinda like, Hey, I'm actually into the characters, <laughs> I'm actually into the story. I'm actually worried about what happens to the platform. Wouldn't have cared three episodes ago, but now suddenly I kind of do. So yeah, that's why I, that's why I gave it a six. Gary, what would you give this one?
2: Well, I'm a Eric on this one, a seven. Wow. wow, I'm the low one, huh? One of the things I have with the whole series right now is we're not seeing the racing yeah no that's still, fine we're not seeing Supposedly the
1: that's what this is all about right right yeah
2: i want to see more about the pilots that are yeah well, let's do a pilot mission you know yeah. without kaz flying out with them
1: and the really ironic thing is the commercials in between which is to
0: advertise the show is advertising about the ace of pilots and all but we don't ever see them. Well, I remember also to your point. I remember one of the important things we saw early on, right, when before the show started, in those making-of documentaries, was wait till you see all the cool pilots were introduced, and the guy who's an ex-Tie Fighter guy, right, and right. the design of his ship is so awesome. And yeah. all, we've seen him once, sitting in a chair. Yeah, we're seven episodes in, and we've seen him once. Get to the pilots.
2: <laughs> right, I agree. G- Let's get to know it's him. A good, it's a good point, Gary. We haven't gotten to know any you know, of them or, or um, what they do. It's like it's a whole afterthought right now. And we haven't even really seen a
1: race all the way through, have we? Uh, to my knowledge, we we the not. early on, yeah, that's was it
0: all the way through till till cast crashed?
1: Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like we haven't seen one all the way through from no. beginning to end. No. You know what I mean, and it's kind of disappointing. This would be like watching Phantom Menace, and the minute that uh, what's one of the annoying characters like crashes, we're like we're out, we're we're done, we're not. Well, watching no, actually, the rest it'd be it. like
0: watching the pod race. Pod race, but instead of actually watching the pod race, it was just watching uh Qui-Gon look at a screen while standing in the, Maybe,
1: yeah, yeah. In the thing and be like, Ooh Oh well, I was gonna say it was yeah. like watching Ben Quadraneros till his ship blows up and <laughs> then you're done. You know what I mean? Like that's about it. And and you're right, Gary, we're missing that big element of the show. I mean right. to me that's that's a huge so, element. So that's
2: that. like two and a half points right out there. All <laughs> right. And the other half point, make it three, is three. Kaz and Nico. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to shoot
1: both of them. And get rid of them. <laughs> Which is ironic because that's the one thing we all agree on. The two of them are the most annoying characters in this whole episode. And, we, and yet, that's yeah, the show right? that
0: we actually liked Niku like the first episode. Yes. I did. I loved. I Neku thought he was pretty, he
1: was pretty good. But he's yeah. He's it's got like, a, lately somebody didn't know how to write
2: for him. And so some, they, they really, again,
0: Kaz needs a backbone. He needs to get more something going on besides just being annoying.
2: Yeah. <sighs> Turn Nico dark. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> what if he's something. the bad spy? What actually, he, that would be funny. That would
0: be awesome if he'd stop doing all this silly stuff. Yeah, and, and it was actually the bad guy spy. He'd Speaking still- of, and it is totally off subject, did you hear about the redeeming Jar Jar moment that was given to him in the comics recently? No. He, he actually picked up a lightsaber and took out Stormtroopers. Oh, really? In a comic. Well, I'll have to show you after the post, and people yeah. who, who listen to this might have read the comic. But they gave Jar Jar a redeeming moment. They said it's the best moment he's had in any media, where he's still, you know, he's got his goofiness and all that. Right. But he does a heroic thing, and they're like, this is the balance he should have had in the movies.
1: Have you guys noticed uh, another aside, really quick before we wrap this all up? Have you guys looked at the toys? they have started like showing the toys of Star Wars Resistance online. No, they're actually. I'm impressed with are the they? toys. Um, they they have the Robotech look to them. Remember ah, the Robotech yeah. toys where you were like, "Wow, those are actually pretty cool." Like it's got that look to them. The sleek, look that the up. really sleek Robotech toy look, and I was kind of like. I might actually like potentially think about collecting just for the these look. toys just for the look of them because they actually look pretty
0: cool. And I'm still I'm still of the opinion this show has one of my favorite art styles yeah. out of most of the re- I mean I like Clone Wars for what it was. You right. know, it was the 3D
2: Right, it was 3D animation. It had good
0: atmosphere, it yeah. yep. had the good lighting. I never liked Rebels, it didn't work for me.
1: I agree with you. But Because it was like in between 3D and anime, yeah. it just didn't quite I'm work. I'm
0: enjoying what they've done with this in terms of the look. I think some of the shots they're getting right. are great, and some of the camera work is great. So I'm, I'm in, I am I'm, was wish they yeah, yeah. fixed the
1: story problem. Yeah, the storyline's is the issue. Okay. So those are our thoughts about this episode of Star Wars Resistance. Again, we'd love to hear from you. So head on over to our YouTube page. Let us know what you think. Or go over to GalaxyCast.com or find us on Twitter or our new Facebook page, The Galaxycast. Find us on Facebook. As we like to say here in the Star Production Studios,
4: May the, May the Force be with those who listen. listen.
2: Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for
0: you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist.
1: We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans
2: and for fans. Head on over to our website at GalaxyCast.com to find out more about our show.
0: Write to the show by sending an email to GalaxyCast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line,
5: We like a use a show.
0: If you have a complaint, make your subject line,
2: You fail
0: for the last time.
1: And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, Wayward Travelers, Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.